Welcome to the Central Christian Church Podcast. We pray this message helps you find and follow Jesus. If you would like to connect with us more, please visit us at centralsj.org. Well, good morning, Central. Sounds like you guys have a lot going on. It is a privilege to be with you today. My name is Blake Hansen. Uh, I am a pastor out in Southwest Florida, so all the way across the country. And in other words, if people ask me where I'm from, I always say, hey, you know where Miami is? You draw a straight line to the other side of the peninsula of Florida. That's where we are from. I'm out here with my wife and our beautiful children. And, and I get the privilege to speak with you today, to share God's good news. And it's always an honor and privilege to be with you. Love this church family. Uh, man, love being out here in California. It's a little bit different than where I'm from, uh, just a little bit, you know, and uh, not only weather, but also some hot topics around America, but man, just love the diversity here at Central, just love to see what God is doing and, and love to see these amazing leaders over here. Uh, I can't go on much further in my sharing opportunity with you without giving acknowledgement to Pastor Tim Perkins. I want to start there. I've always looked up to this guy. Literally, he's 6'6". I'm 5'10". So I've always looked up to him uh, numerous, numerous ways. I mean, he's got that radiant smile, you know, beautiful white teeth. Like, you hang out with the guy and, and we're on the golf course and he's never met a stranger. I'm like, Pastor Tim, let's go, bro. Let's go. And he's just caring about people. He loves people. Your pastor genuinely loves people. Man, like what you see up here is what you get in real life. Uh, he's journeyed so much in my life through ups and downs. And uh, I've looked up to him not only because he's 6'6", but because he's a man of integrity and a man who loves God with his whole heart. And he leads his family that way as well. Uh, but he wouldn't be so great if it wasn't for his better half. And, and, I, and I say that. Really, like my sister, um, Pat, uh, Tiffany Perkins. Let's give it up for Tiffany. Um, man, like uh, my sister, she's my best friend through and through. Um, I, you know, I, I connected with Tiffany no matter what. Uh, and I get Tim, so it's like awesome. Truly our best friends. Uh, my wife and I, and you'll see her in a moment. But Tiffany, uh, Tim's a great man, but you're an even better lady. Uh, and I say that... It, just from my heart, uh, the way you lead, the way you're driven, your work ethic, I mean, she will do anything to reach the lost at all cost. Uh, she cares. And you are led by a dynamic couple. So Tiffany, keep being you. Keep uh, loving people. Keep being led. Keep pursuing your call uh, because this church is grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. Pastor Tim and Tiffany, you are legends in my book. You know. Yeah. Uh, this is my beautiful family. You can see them on the screen. We are known as uh, B to the fifth power. Uh, that's my beautiful wife, Brittany. Then we have Bodie, who is seven. We have uh, Briar, who is five. Blakely, who is one. And we even got a dog. We don't take pictures with our dog. Uh, we're one of those kind of people like, well, it's a little weird. And his name's Bullet. So really, we're all Bs. Uh, so B to the fifth power, they're with us. They're running around. You see some kids with some mohawks. Those are my children. 
children. Uh, that's just how we roll. We're fun. We like to have a good time. Uh, and so Brittany, she's helping out a little bit around here, and we're just grateful to be with you. This is my, my group, my tribe. I love them so much so, and I'm just grateful that my children have people like your pastors to look up to. So uh, thank you again for allowing us to, to be with you today. Um, I, I want to get diving into the word, but I want to kick off with this question of this. Um, have you ever had any self-doubt? Okay, let me put it this way. Have you ever doubted yourself? Have you ever struggled with some things in life? Have you ever been like, oh, God, I don't know what's going on in life, and you've doubted yourself? I've gotten to a point so much so in my life where I've been in seasons and in rhythms and that I've had some serious doubt where I wanted to start a support group for doubt, but I doubted anybody would show up to my support group. Like, you're following me? You've been with me? I feel like a lot of times we get in this, these, these moments of doubting ourselves, and it can be crippling to our walk with the Lord. We can struggle with saying, hey, God, where are you? God, I'm struggling because we have so much of this, 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 this railroad, our faith, because we doubt ourselves, who's God created us to be. And self-doubt can really hinder our faith. I titled this morning's message, Me, Myself, and Doubt. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you today that even if you're doubting yourself, hang in there because God uses people who have some doubt in their lives. So if you doubt it, welcome to the club. We've all doubted a little bit. Let me talk to you about three ways real quick on how self-doubt can hinder our faith. The first one is this. When we are plighted, is simply self-doubt impacts our faith. It highlights our insecurities. God, I'm not the most talented. God, I can't do it. God, I'm struggling a little bit. My abilities, they're, they're just not quite like the person to my left or to my right. There's been moments in, 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 in our insecurities, what is deep down rises up, and you're like, oh, man, I, I just can't do it, God. You know, you've ever been insecure a little bit? Self-doubt highlights our insecurities. Self-doubt also makes us question ourselves. Man, am I a good enough Christian? Man, am I reading my Bible enough? Man, am I friendly enough? Do I say hi to the people around me? Am I, am I the Bible that people are, are trying to read or look at? Like, am I representing Christ like I should be? And it, and it makes us question ourselves a little bit when it's like, man, I just don't know if I'm good enough, if I'm measuring up enough, if I'm, if I'm dialed in enough. Self-doubt can hinder our faith. It highlights our insecurities. It makes us question ourselves. And then it just hooks us on our habits. It hooks us on our habits. I don't know if you've ever had one of these moments wherever that fire alarm in, in your house is going off and it's in the middle of the night. It always happens at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night. The battery is dead and you're going through and trying to figure out where it's at. And, and as it's, it's, it's pitch black and, and you're walking through and you stub your toe and some language comes out of your mouth that you don't use ever and it comes back, and that habit comes rushing in in your life. And you're like, God, I thought I got past this. God, I thought I'm working through some of these things. Or maybe it's an addiction, and you fall, pray again, and you stumble, and, and you make a mistake, and you're like, God, like, I got all these habits that roar back, and I just want to get better, and I just want to push through. And yet you start doubting yourself, like maybe I just... 
I got my insecurities. I got myself I just question. And I got these habits that I'll never be able to kick and, and get past. Today, I want to talk to you about how self-doubt can impact our faith, but how God can actually use us in a way we've never imagined, fathomed, comprehended. And it starts here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. The Apostle Paul, he writes this way, For we are God's masterpiece. Everybody say masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Turn to your neighbor, someone on your right, your left, maybe in front, and say, despite my opinion, you are God's masterpiece. All right, hey, let's be honest, right? Because some of us, you've been, you drove to church today and you're like, whew. Like, they are not God's masterpiece. I live with that person, you know? Like, but we are God's masterpiece. When we look at this work, this, this, this word masterpiece in the scriptures, it's this Greek poema. It means a creation with designated purpose and workmanship. It's a masterpiece. So in other words, when Paul writes that you are a masterpiece, Saying you are designed with purpose. You are a workmanship of God. So when you doubt yourself, when you doubt your abilities, when you doubt and say, man, I'm not good enough, I'm not great enough, I don't have talents, I don't have abilities, God, why am I here? And you question your existence, what you're really doing is questioning the designer. What you're really doing is saying, God, you messed up. Because you know what Paul says? What scriptures note is like, hey, you're not a mess up. You're a masterpiece. You're not a screw up. You're a masterpiece. You're not a mistake. You're a what? Masterpiece. And I think a lot of us, we have to hold that true to our hearts because culture will be very loud. People will say things to you. You will have a past. You've had a history. You've made mistakes. Maybe it's relationships, finances, whatever the case might be. But you are a masterpiece. You're designed with purpose and specific of God's workmanship. So today, that's what I want to talk to you about. Whenever self-doubt rushes in, let's remember who God uses most often who God uses most often. So when self-doubt rushes in, let's remember these three things. This is what I want to talk to you about today. First, God uses the unlikely. God uses the unlikely. Uh, there was a time when Israel was searching uh, for a new king. God's chosen people, and this man by the name of Samuel was the headhunter for that group, for God's next king, or for the Israelite people's next king. So in 1 Samuel chapter 16, Verse 6 through 7. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height. I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the way the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God searches for qualities that people often overlook. 
When you look at the story, this narrative of this next man becoming the king of Israel, his name is David. Maybe you're new to the faith and you're trying to figure some of these things out. In the Old Testament, they were led by this man, the very first king of Israel, by this man named Saul. Saul kind of gets corrupted and, and, and some things really bleed out of his heart that aren't healthy. And so they're looking for this next king, the headhunter Samuel. He calls on the, he, he goes and he shows up to this man's house by the name of Ben-Jesse. And Ben-Jesse presents his family, presents his strong-looking sons. And the one guy he leaves back in the shepherd's field, back with the sheep to attend, this man, this boy by the name of David. David, the youngest, the smallest, the individual with the least influence, God said, that's who I choose. God said, that's who I choose. See, it's important for us to understand that God uses the unlikely, that many times we, we put this, this picture of perfect and we paint it in our mind. We say, if I have all these qualities, if I can get all these things right in my life, then God will use me. Then I don't have anything to worry about. When God all along is saying, hey, I like you for you. I designed you as a masterpiece. I want to use you to carry out what I called you to do. So we see this, that David, the most unlikely son of Ben-Jesse, gets chosen to be the king of Israel. And it's fascinating to remember that. It's fascinating to acknowledge that because many of us are in these moments where we feel like we are not the person that God would ever pick. And I'm saying right here, right now, God would choose you. God would pick you. God would select you. See, God uses the unlikely. God loves to use people overlooked by others. God loves to use people overlooked by others. Have you ever felt overlooked? Absolutely. Have you ever felt like you should have been selected? Yeah, at times. I want to be very specific and, and, and look and encourage you with some of this. Look, God's person, this headhunter, this prophet by the name of Samuel, he didn't even see that David was the person to be selected. I understand that. Get that. That sometimes the church leaders... The people that should see it don't see it. The people that should see you don't see you. God's prophet missed it. He's like, hey, like, you, you look great. Eliab, like, you're the guy I'm going to choose. Like, I know why God sent me to you. And God's like, nope. But then check this out. The unlikely in life often get overlooked even by people who are closest to us. Ben Jesse, the father of David, doesn't even bring him to, to meet the prophet. They have this important meeting. He brings the whole family. Hey, David, we don't need you. You know why? You can just stay back. You're not going to get selected. Think about that. You don't even get invited to the meeting. Don't even get invited to the hangout. Don't even get invited to one of the most important conversations that your family's ever going to have. Uh, you just stay in the field. See, God loves to use people who are overlooked. So if you're in here right now, maybe there's people in your life, your closest relationships. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's your spouse. And they're overlooking you. Don't lose hope. God will look at you. God will see you. God doesn't look past you. 
some of the closest relationships sometimes can make that mistake and challenge and struggle. But God doesn't say, hey, it's about measuring up and and putting stock into what others think about you. It's about what he says about you. It's about who God selects. So you might be in this place right now feeling overlooked even by the people who are closest to you. God sees you. You are God's masterpiece. We see a couple other examples throughout the scriptures. Jael, she is a woman who killed a general in the Canaanite army. Now back then to be a general, to be killed by a woman, it's unfathomable. It's, in, it's unimaginable. How could a prestigious warrior lose to a woman? Everybody looked past her, but God used her. Ehud, this left-handed man that God uses to kill this evil king. See, being left-handed back then in the Hebrew culture was considered to be almost like a disability to be someone who didn't have the the right standing, didn't fit in with culture, didn't fit in with the right people, wasn't a good warrior, and yet God used him to do and carry out what God called him to carry out, to kill an evil king. God uses the unlikely, and God uses the unlikely to accomplish the impossible. David, a young shepherd boy out in the field, doesn't get invited to the family's meeting, goes on to slay a giant. If you're familiar with David and Goliath, if, if you see David's life becomes one of the best kings that the world has ever seen, that the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, have ever lived by, and God uses him to accomplish the impossible. When I think of real life stories, I I think of my friends. This is Roy and Melissa Fiedler. Uh, They're dear friends of ours. Three years ago, I was at my church in in Faith and uh, out in uh, Southwest Florida, and I just started at the church, and this guy comes up, and if you know Roy, man, he's got a big old smile, and he like walks, and and he comes, he's like, I just want to be baptized. It was one of our baptism Sundays. And so I'm like, all right, let's, let's get you baptized. And we baptized this couple. I got to know their story a little bit. Roy and Melissa, they grew up in the foster care system. At age 14, Roy was finally adopted by his grandmother. They decided to have kids really early on, an unexpected pregnancy when Melissa was in her teenage years. They experienced homelessness. They uh, were going uh, bankrupt. They were broke. They didn't have anything. This is all before they met Jesus. So then that, that was three years ago when I'm learning his story. I'm like, Roy, what brought you here? What's going on? He goes, this was our final shot. Now Roy and Melissa, we celebrate them at our church. They're dear friends of ours because Roy is a successful business owner. Their marriage is restored. Roy is serving in so many different areas of our church. He's teaching a Sunday school class. He's, he's our bug guy. He is our barista. You know, you have a coffee guy who's a barista, and then he's your bug guy. Like, Roy is talented. Melissa shows up every week serving and doing different things. If you would say to them that God can use the impossible to accomplish much, they would say, Absolutely. Because in their life and in their story, they were at the end of their rope, and yet God chose them. God selected them. 
they were used, they were redeemed, they were restored. Now they're phenomenal leaders at our church. So if you're here right now and self-doubt is creeping in and you're struggling, I want you to know this, that God even uses the unlikely. God can choose you. God can use you despite what you're feeling or facing. Secondly, God uses the insecure, the insecure. You ever struggled with little insecurity? I know we all have. Insecurities kill anything that is beautiful. The book of Judges is this uh, an account in the Old Testament where it, it talk about different leaders. The Israelites, God's people, would have these up and down moments. And these up and down moments, they would be following God one moment and then the next come crashing down because they would do something evil or wrong. And whenever this would happen, God would raise up a judge. God would raise up a leader to deliver them from that. This one moment, the, the Israelites are going through it. An angel appears to this individual by the name of Gideon. And he was afraid, he was hiding, and the angel says this, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior of God, has chosen you to use you to rescue the Israelites from the Midianites. I don't know about you, but if an angel showed up to me and was like, I'm going to use you, you're a mighty warrior, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. And I'd be like flexing, like, ooh, like, like let's go. And yet this is what Gideon responds. Gideon comes back and he's like, uh, I can't do that. Uh, no, 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 no. He says, but Lord, in Judges 6, 15, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. And in other words, it's like God chose Urkel to deliver the Israelites. Like, no, that's not who we want to, like, rally around. And this is what happens in Gideon's life. Gideon's insecurities shouted louder than God's voice. Gideon's insecurities shouted louder than God's voice. See, insecurities, they begin with I. It's a, it's a, it's a first-person experience. Oftentimes, when we find ourselves being uh, uh, very insecure, it's about, well, how is it for me? It's this first-person narrative. How do I measure up? Is this what's best for me? We lead with the I. Insecurities, it's, it's no coincidence that insecurities starts with the letter I. You know, because it's all about me. When we become more insecure, we're focused more on ourselves. Gideon, I'm the least. I'm, I'm not strong enough. I'm not brave enough. I'm not strong enough. Very insecure. I remember I was in Bible college. Tim and I went to Bible college together. And it was my first day. And I, I somehow got in this class called Acts. It's about the, the New Testament book of Acts. And it was actually a senior level class. I'm a freshman. Uh, I didn't even know, like, really, if I should belong in Bible college. And this professor calls on this uh, student and says, hey, uh, quote me chapter three of the book of Acts. And I remember, like, who can just like pop up and recite a whole chapter of the book of the Bible. And this guy pops up, says the whole chapter, like verbatim. At that moment, I pull up my phone. I start searching other schools I can go to, community college, like junior college. Like, where can I go? I'm like, God, this ain't me. I'm never, like, what is my social security number? Brittany, help me, please. You know, like, that's me. Like, I, and insecurities went really loud in my life. I was like, God, I don't know if I'm called to be a pastor. 
God, I don't know if I'm called to, to venture some of these things. Like, I, I don't have a memory like that. I want a memory like that, but God, I, I just, I don't have that. And insecurities went really loud in my life. See, whenever God calls you to something, the devil will do anything possible to attack your self-worth, to make you doubt. If it's your past, he brings up your past. If it's what others said, he makes that very loud. If it's comparison, he highlights that. If you're not worthy or feel good enough, the devil will use every insecurity that you've had to bring in your path to make you say, hey, I'm gonna step away, God, I don't want you to use me. But it's important for us to remember that when God calls you to something, he's calling you to something because you're a workmanship, you're a masterpiece. The word confidence from this Latin origin, con meaning with and fide meaning to trust or to have faith in. So whenever we have real confidence, we aren't saying I have faith in myself. We're saying I have confidence, I have faith in God. Gideon just so the story is very clear, and he goes from this man who doubted God, doubted himself, said he was the weakest, takes 300 men, and he goes into a camp of over 100,000, and this is what happens in Judges chapter 7, verse 22. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with the swords. The army fled to Bethshida and Zariah. And as far as the border of Abel, of Maliah, and Tabith. And in other words, there's this great victory that took place. God uses someone extremely insecure and repurposes them for what he's designed them to be. So whenever that self-doubt is creeping in and you're feeling like your insecurities are going loud, God has a purpose for you. God sees past that. And we can have confidence not in ourselves, but with God. See that. Understand that. Embrace that. See, alone we'll be insecure, but with God we can have confidence. So God uses the unlikely. God uses the insecure. And God uses failures. God uses failures. Have you ever failed? Yes. If you don't feel like you failed, ask your friend next to you. They'd probably say yes. We've all failed. We've all made some mistakes. God uses failures. And one of the most emotional stories in all of Scripture, this man by the name of Peter, one of Jesus' close best friends, has this, this moment with a little girl. And this little girl says, hey, Peter, weren't you with Jesus? And this is what Peter said. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned, looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered the Lord and what he had spoken. And before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Peter, this man who followed Jesus for three plus years, ends up denying Jesus, ends up saying, you know what, like, Jesus, I don't know you, and, and he has this conversation with a little girl of all people, sweet little innocent girl, goes over and says, don't you know Jesus, and Peter says, no, I don't know him, and he fails, you know, there's moments in our spiritual walk journey where we fail, where we make a mistake, where we struggle. We just want to cry and we just want to weep and we just want to just give up. 
Have you ever blown it, been embarrassed, been ashamed, felt unworthy? Maybe there's been moments where you failed publicly, you lost your temper at your kids' ball games, you made a bad financial decision that everybody knows about, you lied to someone, you hurt someone close to you, maybe you fell back into addiction, you betrayed family, maybe you crushed some of those who've loved you, maybe you failed publicly, maybe you failed privately, no one's looking in that that secret addiction that's kind of in your closet that no one knows about you fall back into and and you you just want to give up because it's like no matter what is happening you just feel that weight daily what i love about the story is peter failed and he failed hard but peter went from being a failure to a proclaimer see jesus writes peter's failure when peter had that self-doubt man i'm never going to be good enough Jesus doesn't come and say, Peter, you aren't good enough. He says, no, I want to I restore you. I want to care for you. I want to love you. And we see the story continue where, where Jesus doesn't condemn Peter. Jesus approaches Peter. He says, Peter, it's all right. They're sitting on the beach. Peter, it's all right. Go and be a fishers of men. Like, you're going to be Okay. See, right now, you might be in this place feeling like you failed, feeling like you're just overwhelmed, like you're doubting yourself, but you're a masterpiece that God's designed. You're a workmanship of God. And Peter, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, he goes from being this failure to a proclaimer, one of the most prolific sermons written. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then in 2.41 of the book of Acts is, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to that number that day. Fascinating, from failure to proclaimer. And I want to just wrap up with this. Some of the greatest in the Bible had some big failure moments. Jacob was a cheater. Moses was a murderer. David had an affair. Jonah ran from God. Elijah was depressed. Miriam was a gossip. Martha was a warrior. Thomas doubted. Paul killed Christians. Feel better? God uses all of us. So whenever that self-doubt's screaming in your mind, Whenever you're struggling, whenever you're going through something, whenever you feel like you're not going to be chosen, God uses the unlikely. Whenever you feel like, man, you're so insecure and you're going through something, I'm telling you right now, God's louder than your insecurities. Have confidence with him, not away from him. And then just remember this, no matter how hard you failed, Jesus is going to be on that beachhead saying, hey, I still love you. I care for you. So church, I'm going to close in prayer and encourage you with this. You are God's masterpiece from the start, designed with purpose, for purpose, with a purpose to do what only God's called you to do. Let's pray. God, we give you this moment.